1: And it's the same word, naga, is the same word that's used in Zechariah 2.8, where it says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. He that, naga, he that toucheth naga, toucheth the apple of, How hard do you have to touch an eye before it winces? <laughs> you know? Not at all. You just have to just ever so gently touch it. All God has to do is just, it had to do just 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 touch it, and it went it was out of joint. David said, There was great destruction when God touched something. He said in Psalm 104, 32, he looketh on the earth and it trembleth. He toucheth Nagah, the hills, and they smoke. And Psalm 144-5, Psalm 144-5: Bow the heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch Nagah, the mountains, and they shall smoke. This is the touch that we're talking about here. This is the touch from God that sets hills and mountains on fire. It's just a touch on Jacob's thigh and Jacob's femur is dislocated. What message did that send to Jacob? When Jacob saw that just a touch from this man put Jacob's thigh out of joint, that told Jacob, this man's God. This man is God. Only God can ever so gently touch a hip and it goes out of joint. And when Jacob saw that only a touch from this man put Jacob's step out of joint, when he saw that, Jacob understood. You know, there's only one reason why I have the victory over this man. The reason Jacob understood was not at all because of Jacob's strength or his strategies, his superior strategies in wrestling. It was all because of this man's grace. It was all because of this goodwill to Jacob. And when Jacob realized that, he understood, I know why I'm not prevailing over him. I mean, this is God. And the reason I'm not prevailing over him is because God's grace and goodwill. And when we see that God allowed Jacob to prevail over him, we understand how God is encouraging us to wrestle, to get engaged, to get involved with the struggle with God for answers to prayer for example he wants us to not just pray but to engage in prayer like a wrestle he wants us to not just pray but to involve ourselves in prayer like a struggle he wants us to engage he wants us to get involved in prayer and also he wants us to get involved and engaged in doing great things for God that's what makes the Christian life so exciting and so so much of an adventure we dream big things for God Vision, we dream big things for God, we attempt great things for God, and we expect great things from God. So here's Jacob. He's got his strong legs. A man's legs are his strength. Some men. Anyway, and God said about a man's legs in Psalm 147:10, He delighteth not in the strength of the horse, he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The legs of a man they represent his strength. And so in this wrestling match God touches the very point of Jacob's strength. And Jacob when he feels that it represents his strength, his self-confidence, it represents his self-reliance. And the fact that God disabled Jacob's leg shows what this wrestling match is really all about. God wanted to break or disable Jacob's self-confidence and self-reliance. Before God did this to Jacob, Jacob would say, I'm strong in myself and in the power of my might. But when God disabled Jacob, God was saying to Jacob, now it's time for you, Jacob, to take to heart Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So when God touched Jacob's thigh and put put it out of joint, This put Jacob in an extremely painful and crippling state. And this is what Satan challenged God about with Job when he said to God in Job 2.5, put forth thine hand now and touch, again, Naga, touch Job, touch Job, touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. But Jacob did not curse God to his face. Why not? Because Jacob's persistence Overrode his pain. This was the moment of the greatest time in Jacob's life. And it was the time in Jacob's greatest weakness. This was the time of Jacob's greatest weakness. I mean, think about that. The time of Jacob's greatest weakness is when he's crowned with this name, Israel. Now, that's very encouraging to us because we think that, well, you know, if something happens to us and we sink into the weakness of cancer, and worse, into the weakness of being treated with chemo, that it's all over. It's all over. We've got to remember this time, this time of the greatest blessing that came to Jacob in the time of his greatest weakness, which is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12.10, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul said, I'm not going to run away from those. I'm not going to be praying, oh, Lord, take that away quickly. Take that weakness away. Oh, I'm not going to run away from weakness because that's when I'm the strongest. That's what Paul said. And we can imagine Jacob here in his state of paralyzing pain. But what we see is that the paralysis that this excruciating pain caused Jacob did not paralyze his persistence. His persistence continued on. And so that enabled this complete transformation to take place. At first, it was just a man who wrestled Jacob, and Jacob was, and the man was struggling to hold on to Jacob as Jacob's adversary. Now his thigh's out of joint. He's in no shape to struggle to get away from the man, and the roles have changed. Everything has changed. At first, it was the man who was holding Jacob, not letting Jacob go. Now, It's Jacob holding on to the man and not letting the man go away. That's really some scene. I mean, Jacob in his disabled state is just hanging on and by hanging on, Jacob overcomes the man. I mean, in his disabled state of merely hanging on, he overcomes him. He's no longer strong in himself. He's strong in the Lord. So this permanent laming of Jacob's thigh, which permanently weakened Jacob's trust in his own self, Trust in his cunning, trust on his quick-wittedness, his quick thinking, trust in his cheating by his own strength. When Jacob was lame, he learned the truth. He learned the truth, by the strength shall no man prevail, by his strength. For by strength shall no man prevail in 1 Samuel Samuel 2.9. So Jacob's saying here, you put my hip joint out of joint, you put my hip out of joint, look, I'd rather have all my bones, all my bones Put out of joint than to go away without a blessing. So, the last words we see in chapter 25 say, as he wrestled with him. This is Jacob. He's a wrestler. All through his life, he's been a wrestler. In fact, you know, we can just picture Jacob saying to himself, Well, here we go again. Here I am wrestling again. I've just been wrestling all my life. I'm wrestling another person. That's all I've done all my life. Struggle with others. Struggling with another is how Jacob was seen at the time of his birth. That's how he got his name, Yaakov. Yaakov, which is, comes from the word heel, akev, in which, because in Genesis 25, you remember 26, after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's akev, his heel, and his name was called Yaakov, Jacob. It was the strangest sight for whoever saw this, that Jacob is, is born grabbing a hold of his brother Esau's heel. And so the conclusion everybody comes to is, well, there's only one name for this baby, heel grabber, <laughs> you know. It's an important word, a heel, in scripture. For example, in Psalm 49.5, Psalm 49.5, it says, wherefore should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about, as David said, the iniquity of his heels shall come." Here, the heel is expressed like overreaching, you know, overstepping, where David said his heels have overstepped, and caused him, his sin to surround him. So heels can speak of an overreaching, and then heels can also speak of an evidence of murder, as they do in Hosea six eight. Hosea 6.8, it says, Gilead is a city of them that work iniquity and is polluted with blood. That word polluted is, is, it comes from heels, a cove, a cove. It comes from heels. So in this verse, the word translated as polluted is a word derived from heel, which has that murders had happened and the heels track the blood as they walk along. The trio, heels are tracking the blood. But the classic verse, the classic verse to show the link between heels and deceiver is Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful, akob, above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So the word deceitful in Jeremiah seventeen nine is the Hebrew word akob, which comes from the word heels. So Jacob's name, with the word "heel" in it, means that it's the idea of deceiver, and this is what describes Jacob's life—a life of struggle with deceit. His life has been one for where Jacob feels up for the fight; he's up for the challenge. He knows how to use deceit, overreaching, fraud, and that's Jacob's nature. And that Jacob nature is in all of us. We all have that Jacob nature in us. You know, when we're wronged, we want to fight back. That's the Jacob nature. When we feel that things have been said against us, should we want to set the record straight. That's the Jacob nature. When we feel that we got to get even, that's the Jacob nature. There's a reason why the phrase is, get it off your chest, get it off your chest, because there's that certain feeling that comes in the chest, and it says, the certain feeling in the chest says, go on, do it, say it think it, fantasize over it. Because it's your passion. And your passions are the definition of what's right. See, that's the Jacob nature. See, the Jacob nature is in all of us. That nature is opposed to God. That nature wrestles with God. Because as opposed to the feeling in our chest that says, go on, say it, do it, think it, fantasize about it. God says, don't do it, Don't say it, don't think it, don't fantasize over it. And that's what's behind this all-night wrestling here in Genesis 32. It's just a match between the Jacob nature and God. And that's what makes this chapter so personal to us. It's not just a historical account of a person wrestling with God thousands of years ago. You know, we're Jacob because we all have Jacob's nature in us. We are Jacob in this chapter. We understand why Jacob is wrestling with God all night long. Because as Jacob struggles with God all night long, we see ourselves struggling with God saying, no, I will not surrender my will and decisions to God. No, I'll go to the mat over that. No, I will not have this God to rule over every aspect of my life. No, I'll go to the mat over that. No, I do not want God telling me what to do in life. No, I'll go to the mat over that. No, I don't want God telling me that I was wrong when I feel right. No, I'll go to the mat over that. And we see Jacob going to the mat with God here over these issues of his life. And we see ourselves going to the mat with God over the same issues in our lives. That's what makes this all-night wrestling with God so personal and what it's all about. The question is on the table is, who's going to run the ship? Who's going to be the captain of the life, me or God? Oh, I already received the Lord Jesus. I, had, I went through that struggle of whether or not to receive him. I even wrote down the date in my Bible. Want to see it? Yeah, that's not the question. That's not the question here. That's not the issue in this all-night wrestling. Being saved by God is one issue. Being lorded over by God is another issue. And that's what here. Now, at the end of this chapter, Jacob will surrender, and he will make God the Lord of his life. And he will emerge from this chapter with a better name. Not a name that has heel in it, which means they were deceived, but the name of Israel. So his old name of Jacob, that's his old name, which describes his old nature, his fighting to have his own way. His new name is going to be Israel that describes his new nature that submits to God. And when we leave this chapter, we're going to say, good. Now the issue of whose boss is settled once and for all, and now his old name can be retired, Jacob, and from now on, he's Israel. And we say, we say, from here on out, from Genesis 33 on to the end of the Bible, we expect never to be called Jacob again. And and in the first time in Genesis 32, we see him still called, after Genesis 32, we still see he's still called Jacob. We say, no, that's his old name. That's his old nature. That died in chapter 32. Now he's Israel. And we become frustrated as, as we see him still referred to as Jacob. And we think, no, he should only be called Israel. And from here on out, something, you know, from here out, when we see him sometimes referred to by his own name, Jacob, and not referred to by his new name, Israel, I mean, we say, that wasn't the case with Abraham. I mean, with Abraham, his old name was Abram, which means exalted father. And Abraham, he had that name Abram all throughout chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. It was in chapter 17 where God revealed to Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. And God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many. In Genesis 17, 4, he said, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations if I made thee. So from Genesis 17, 5, Abraham is his new name. And you'll never see him referred to again as Abram. That's not the case with Jacob. Jacob, all throughout the rest of the scripture, he's known sometimes as Israel. He's known sometimes as Jacob. Why? Because Jacob, the Jacob nature really didn't die in chapter 32. It goes on with him. It goes on with Jacob as two natures now. The Jacob nature inside Jacob is singing with Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Yeah. And the Israel nature is singing inside of Jacob, I did it God's way. Yeah. And so these two natures now are living inside of Jacob and this creates a great conflict for poor Jacob. And we were saved and we gained a new nature and that new nature that we gained is was singing I did it God's way. But we also have our old nature, and it continues to sing, I did it my way. And that creates misery. That creates the misery which is described in Romans 7. In Romans 7, this misery of these two natures, Romans 7, 15, he says, For that which I do allow not, that which I do allow not, and what I would, I don't do it. I, would, I do not. But what I hate, I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law. It's good. Now then, it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. To will is present with me, but how to perform which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that what I would not, it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, miserable state that I'm in. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. See, Romans 7 to be just re-paraphrased or rephrased by saying, when I do what I feel in my chest that I don't approve of, I hate when I do that. And I hate when I do what I feel in my chest. I have a war inside of me between Jacob and Israel. I want the new Israel inside of me to win over the old Jacob inside of me. What's the answer? Ah, Romans 7 comes along. I see the answer in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He can help me. He can help me to have the new Israel win Inside of me. See, Romans 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So even though Jacob gets a new name of Israel, he still struggles with the old Jacob nature, and he's called both Jacob and Israel throughout Scripture, which means for us that even though we as believers get a new nature, we still struggle with the old nature throughout the rest of our lives on earth. But God has not left us in a helpless dilemma. He's given us the person of the Holy Spirit to help us in the battle of our old nature and our new nature. And he described that in John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That means forever. And John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. In John 16, 13, John 16, 13, howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, which is why we saturate ourselves in scripture, in hymns, in Christian songs. Why? To put before us the material that the Holy Spirit can use to teach us all things, to bring us, bring to remembrance what the Lord Jesus has said to us, and to guide us into all truth, which is all what we need in our war, so that we can resist the urges in the chest to just do it, just say it, just think it, just fantasize over it. Now, we read what the man who was God says to Jacob in verse 26 When he says, let me go, for the day breaketh. God said to Jacob, God said to Jacob, let me go? (laughs) This is amazing. God said to Jacob, let me go. God's asking permission from Jacob to leave. You know, God could not get away from Jacob. You know, God's saying the day's breaking. He says, I got a lot of things to do today, Jacob. (laughs) You're taking up my time. How could this be? How can we be reading these things? This is so hard for us to understand. But to understand this, is to come to the knowledge of God, is to come to really know who God really is. God put himself in the position of letting Jacob hold him back. God humbled himself for the benefit of Jacob alone. In this wrestling match, God humbled himself just as God humbled himself in Philippians 2.5. Philippians two five. let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a certain, was made in the likeness of man, and being found as fashioned as a man, humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Just as God humbled himself for the benefit of Jacob alone, when he allowed Jacob to hold him back, so God humbled himself for our benefit In Philippians 2, 7, making himself of no reputation, taking upon him the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of man, and becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. That's who God is. Welcome to God. He went through the ultimate humiliation for the benefit of God alone. That's why the hymn says, alas, did my savior bleed? Did my sovereign die? Would he really devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Amazing love. How can it be? that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. That's who God is. And to know God personally and intimately, that's eternal life. That's eternal life. In John 17, 3, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So we see, God has so humbled himself that he asked permission from Jacob to leave because he's got a lot of things to do. Well, we're going to stop here, and next week we'll continue with, with Jacob's holding. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the fact that this happened and that we can read about it, learn about it, identify with it. And we pray, Lord, that we also, Lord, might win the victory over self in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James study and reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible Scripture References section, Bible Reference Help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org.